The Lord be with you. And also with you. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hear from the Gospel according to St. Matthew how our Lord Jesus entered Jerusalem. Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Let us go forth in peace. In the name of Christ.
Together may we pray. Almighty God, on this day your Son, Jesus Christ, entered the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed king by those who spread their garments and palm branches along the way. Let those branches be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our Lord and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. <laughs> Beloved, as we invite the runners who are present to come forward at this time, let me uh, describe for you the setting. Uh, at this time, as a community of faith at Boston University, we pause together to honor and bless those from our university who have been chosen to represent our school by running the marathon next Monday in honor and memory of Lu Ling Si, our Boston University student who was tragically, tragically killed last year. Some 200 students and others from Boston University made application to run this race. We who read the materials can readily say that without exception, any and all of the applicants would have represented the university with dignity and grace. The statements of respect, honor, faith, and love from all 200 are themselves an act of generosity, care, and affection. In a way, all 200, and in another way, all 42,000 of the Boston University community are in a moment to be blessed this morning. For those listening from afar, let me describe the setting here. Seven runners are standing at the communion rail in the middle front of Marsh Chapel Sanctuary with the choir before them and the congregation behind them. Together as a community, both actual and virtual, we pause to bless them. In so doing, we gather up fragments of memory, loss, grief, hope, and reverence from last year. They run this race for us and for Lulingsi and for her family. On this Palm Sunday, we look back two centuries upon a civic processional within a great city, a gathering in an ancient metropolis, a week of festival that began with celebration but ended in tragedy. On this day in Boston, we also look back one year upon a civic processional in our great city, a gathering in a modern metropolis, a day of festival that began with celebration but ended in tragedy. We have the strength to do so in both cases, by the gift of radiance, the gift of strength, the gift of courage, that is faith. Our chaplain, Brother Whitney, will now lead us in our responsive blessing of the Boston Marathon runners running in memory of Lou Linksy. Dear friends, Larmouth, our own Marsh Chapel marathoner, uh, offers our, mar our runners in memory of Lingzi a scarf in blue and gold. We say together the litany printed in the bulletin. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame. At the right hand of the throne of God. Dear runners, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face, the rains fall soft upon your fields, and until we meet again, 
May you be held in the palm of God's hand. Amen. A meditation on the Psalms, on the Palms. If we believe that life has meaning and purpose, and we do. If we believe that the giver of life loves us, and we do. If we believe that divine love lasts, and we do. If we believe that justice, mercy, and humility endure, and we do. If we believe that God so loved the world to give God's only Son, and we do if we believe that Jesus is the transcript in time of God and eternity, and we do, if we believe that all God's children are precious in God's sight, and we do, if we believe grace and forgiveness are the heart of the universe, and we do, if we believe that God has loved us personally, and we do, if we believe in God, and we do, then we shall trust God over the valley of the shadow of death, and we shall then we shall trust that love is stronger than death, and we shall. Then we shall trust the mysterious promise of resurrection, and we shall. Then we shall trust the faith of Christ, relying on faith alone, and we shall. Then we shall trust the enduring worth of personality, and we shall. Then we shall trust that just deeds, merciful words are never in vain, and we shall. And we shall trust the giver of life to give eternal life, and we shall. Then we shall trust the source of love to love eternally, and we shall. 
and we shall trust that we rest protected in God's embrace, and we shall. Then we shall trust in God, and we shall. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 31, 916 with the Antiphon. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent in sorrow, and my years with shite. My strain fails because of my misery, and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street Flee from me. I have passed out of my one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. For I trust in you, O Lord, to say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me through your steadfast love. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri.
The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 26, verse 14, through chapter 27, verse 66. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests. What will you give me if I betray him to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus. Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed, and began to say to him one after another, Surely not I, Lord. The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi? You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take this, eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it, new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. 
Truly, I tell you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign. The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi. And kissed him. Friends, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly, one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled.
Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, in whose house the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards in order to see how this would end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus, so that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This This fellow fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest stood up. Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But Jesus was silent. I put you under oath before the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes. He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him, and some slapped him. Prophesy to us, you Messiah. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before all of them. I do not know what you are talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly.
When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went out and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since they are blood money. After conferring together, they used them to buy the potter's field as a place to bury foreigners. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of the one on whom a price had been set, on whom some of the people of Israel had set a price, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Do you not hear how many accusations they make against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the festival, the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone whom they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. So after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that innocent man, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Let him be crucified. Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head.
after mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man from Cyrene named Simon. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, You You who would destroy the temple and and build build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him. He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants to. For he said, I am God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, This man is calling for Elijah. At once, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last.
At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. After his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and those with him, who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, Truly, this man was God's son. Many women were also there, looking on from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, the, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate. Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people he has been raised from the dead, and the last deception would be worse than the first. You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. A meditation on the passion. To the question of evil, let us live our answer by choosing the cruciform path of faith. Let us meet evil with honesty, grief with grace, failure with faith, and death with dignity. Let us carry ourselves in belief. Let us affirm the faith of Christ, which empowers to withstand what we cannot understand. Let us remember that it is not the passion of Christ that defines the person of Christ, but the person that defines the passion. Let us remember that it is not suffering that bears meaning, but a sense of meaning that bears up under suffering. Let us remember that it is not the cross that carries the love, but the love that carries the cross. Let us remember that it is not crucifixion that encompasses salvation, but salvation that encompasses even the tragedy of crucifixion. Let us remember that it is not the long sentence of Holy Week with all its phrases, dependent clauses, and semicolons that completes the gospel, but it is the punctuation to come in seven days the last mark of the week to come in 168 hours, 
whether it be the exclamation point of Peter, the full stop period of Paul, or the question mark of Mary, Easter defines Holy Week and not the other way around. The resurrection follows but not, does not replace the cross. The cross precedes but does not overshadow the resurrection. It is life that has the last word and there is a God to whom we may pray and the assurance of being heard, deliver us from evil. We greet you all warmly and welcome you this morning, this Palm Sunday morning, to Marsh Chapel, a sanctuary amongst a city, a place of peace in times of stress, and a home in periods of wandering. We hope you always feel welcome here, regardless of where you are in your spiritual path. Know that you have a home. We would love to get to know you better and help you get to know one another better, and a great way of doing that is putting your name and contact information on the red books towards the center of your aisle. Please pass those along. Marsh Chapel is a living and breathing place, and we have many events and programs each week, a few of which I will highlight for you now. Directly following the service will be refreshments downstairs, a great time for fellowship and coffee. Please join us. On Saturday, April 26th, from 7.30 to noon, there will be the annual Charles River Cleanup, starting with a breakfast here at Marsh Chapel. Please sign up on our website or see our associate, Jessica Chica, for further questions. This upcoming week will be Holy Week. It's filled with worship and prayer services. Please look into your bulletin for all the times and details of those. Likewise, next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we hope that you will join us for breakfast, our early morning service at 7.30, and our interdenominational worship at 9 or 11. Our 9 and 11 o'clock services are identical, and we would invite our regulars to attend an earlier service if your schedule allows to allow more welcoming room at the later service. Additionally, if you are able and willing to help cook breakfast on Easter morning, please see Ms. Rachel Cape at the coffee hour. For other events and information, please visit the Marsh Chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also an opportunity for online giving. As we beckon the ushers forward, let us be reminded that it is a joy and a grace to give. We have an opportunity now to practice the ancient Christian discipline of generosity as the choir lifts us up in song. May you find yourself being as generous as you are able.
Bless, O Lord, the giving of these gifts as we offer ourselves in thanksgiving and generosity to thee. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 